Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Book 1, Chapter 2, The Nature and Excellence of Devotion. Those who sought to discourage the Israelites from going up to the promised land told them that it was a land which eateth up the inhabitants thereof. That is, that the climate was so unhealthy that the inhabitants could not live long, and that the people thereof were men of great stature who looked upon the newcomers as mere locusts to be devoured. It is just so, my daughter, that the world runs down true devotion painting devout people with gloomy, melancholy aspect and affirming that religion makes them dismal and unpleasant. But even as Joshua and Caleb protested that not only was the promised land a fair and pleasant country, but that the Israelites would take an easy and peaceful possession thereof, so the Holy Spirit tells us through his saints, and our Lord has told us with his own lips, that a devout life is very sweet, very happy, and very lovable. The world looking on sees that devout persons fast, watch, and pray, endure injury patiently, minister to the sick and poor, restrain their temper, check and subdue their passions, deny themselves in all sensual indulgence, and do many other things which in themselves are hard and difficult. But the world sees nothing of that inward, heartfelt devotion, which makes all these actions pleasant and easy. Watch a bee hovering over the mountain time. The juices it gathers are bitter, but the bee turns them all to honey. And so tells the worldling that though the devout soul finds bitter herbs along its path of devotion, They are all turned to sweetness and pleasantness as it treads. And the martyrs have counted fire, sword, and rack, but as perfumed flowers by reason of their devotion. And if devotion can sweeten such cruel torments, and even death itself, how much more will it give a charm to ordinary good deeds? We sweeten unripe fruit with sugar, And it is useful in correcting the crudity, even of that which is good. So devotion is the real spiritual sweetness which takes away all bitterness from mortifications and prevents consolations from disagreeing with the soul. It cures the poor of sadness and the rich of presumption. It keeps the oppressed from feeling desolate and the prosperous from insolence. It averts sadness from the lonely and dissipation from social life. It is as warmth in winter and refreshing dew in summer. It knows how to abound and how to suffer want, how to profit alike by honor and contempt. It accepts gladness and sadness with an even mind and fills men's hearts with a wondrous sweetness. Ponder Jacob's Ladder. It is a true picture of the devout life, 
the two poles which support the steps are types of prayer, which seeks the love of God, and the sacraments which confer that love. While the steps themselves are simply the degrees of love by which we go on from virtue to virtue, either descending by good deeds on behalf of our neighbor or ascending by contemplation to a loving union with God. Consider too who they are who trod this ladder, men with angels' hearts or angels with human forms. They are not youthful, but they seem to be so by reason of their vigor and spiritual activity. They have wings wherewith to fly and attain to God in holy prayer. But they have likewise feet wherewith to tread in human paths by a holy, gracious intercourse with men. Their faces are bright and beautiful inasmuch as they accept all things gently and sweetly. Their heads and limbs are uncovered because their thoughts, affections, and actions have no motive or object save that of pleasing God. The rest of their bodies is covered with a light shining garment. Because while they use the world and the things of this life, they use all such purely and honestly and no further than is needful for their condition. Such are the truly devout. Believe me, dear child, devotion is the sweetest of sweets, the queen of virtues, the perfection of love. If love is the milk of life, devotion is the cream thereof. If it is a fruitful plant, devotion is the blossom. If love is a precious stone, devotion is its brightness. If love is a precious balm, devotion is its perfume, even that sweet odor which delights men and causes the angels to rejoice. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This story at the beginning of chapter two from the book of Numbers is very important for us to remember. So there's a little party that, that sets out to go into the promised land, to check it out. And among those who are sent by Moses is Joshua and Caleb. And 10 of the others come back and say, oh, this land is impossible. They have only negative things to say about the promised land. And the people are scared. They're discouraged. And Joshua and Caleb speak up. They protest against this view. And they tell them, no, it's pleasant. And you can take it fairly easily. And this is exactly what St. Francis de Sales is, is like in this book. It's exactly what St. Philip Neri was like. The two of them are like Joshua and Caleb. Telling people that the promised land 
that is, a land of devotion, a land of prompt serving of God, is not impossible, nor is it really that difficult. And so the rest of the chapter is St. Francis de Sales trying to persuade us that the devout life actually makes life more pleasant. He compares it to the sugar that can bring out the sweetness and even unripe fruit. Okay? And devotion is this real spiritual sweetness. And until we taste that, we will be scared by the religious life, the devout life. We'll only see it in the bitter aspects. But what did St. Philip used to say? Put a little devotion in someone. True devotion. Put a little bit in it in them. And you can leave them to themselves. This devotion will kind of take over, will take control. So let us pray tonight for courage. Courage not to listen to these voices which tell us the devout life is miserable and sad and lonely. Courage to pursue the devout life. A life in which we not only keep the commandments, but we keep them eagerly. A life in which we try to follow all God's inspirations. But again, such a life is not primarily our own effort. Such a life is a gift from the Lord that comes from the sacraments and comes from prayer. So if this devout life seems beyond us, it is beyond us left to ourselves. But the Lord, through the power of his sacraments and through teaching us how to practice mental prayer, will lead us into this life, the promised land. He will fight for us. He will guide us. In the end, how did the Israelites get into the promised land? They crossed the river, the Jordan River. And how did they do that? Because God stopped the water for them so they could go in. And once they got there, there was the great town of Jericho. And how did they conquer Jericho? They marched around the city walls seven times and the walls came tumbling down and they blew the horns. In other words, the promised land the devout life, a life of true spiritual sweetness, even here, is open to us by God's power and our cooperation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.